So, the new year is upon us. And some of you feel like that. The new year is upon us. And for some of us, it's really daunting. And for others of us, as the new year has rolled around, there's always that, that, that little moment of, of uh, how can I say, enthusiasm, isn't it? We kind of head into the new year and we feel like, you know, it's a, it's a new year. What's, what's the old saying? New year, new me. I'm, it happens very seldom, but it's a saying. New year, new me. Uh, we know that the truth is that a, a date of change doesn't mean a, a change of heart. And the only way that real change comes is, is when, when there's a change of heart and, and, and when that change of heart is really rooted and grounded in Christ. I believe that that is the only real newness that, that comes about in our lives. But we do reach this part of the year and we get excited, isn't it? Like the, you kind of got the first coming up and, and maybe that week before, two weeks before, maybe you're one of those super like far ahead planners and like six months before you're already planning for the first. Um, I know people like that. I'm not people like that. I'm, I'm trying to become people like that. I'm just honest. Um, but you, you kind of start looking towards the new year and you get excited and there's, this, there's a sense of freshness. There's a sense of, of you know, it's something, I really feel like, like something big's going to happen, like something new's going to happen, something different's going to happen. And I'll be honest, that was me this year, this past year. As the first was approaching, I just really sensed like God was stirring something up in my own heart going, whatever happened in 2018, happened in 2018. I've got something new. I've got something new coming in 2019. And that excited me. That really excited me. So I was that guy, you know, I've, I got pumped for the first of the year. I really did. I got so excited. Um, now, in all confession, I'm about to tell you how boring I am. Um, the last three years, I haven't waited for 12 o'clock. I'm just honest. I've got a two-year-old. Grab sleep when you can. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So by 10 o'clock, I was lights out, crashed in bed, fast asleep. Then normally 12 o'clock, all the fireworks go off. My wife and I get woken by that, go watch the fireworks and then go back to bed. That's kind of our New Year's routine. We're like the most exciting people in the world. But this year, <laughs> it was raining. So guess what didn't happen? Fireworks, apparently. Um, so the next time I woke up was like 7 o'clock that morning. And what I found amazing was I went to bed pumped, like really excited. <clears throat> the reason why I woke up at 7 o'clock or however, whatever time it was, was my phone started beeping. You know, it started vibrating on my bedside table. And it was all these texts coming through. You know, just... Bzz, bzz, bzz. And I'm like, oh, people are friendly, man. They wanting to wish me Happy New Year's and and and... <clears throat> And as I flipped my phone over, I realized that the messages that were coming through were all my debit orders going off. <laughs> and the thought that went through my mind was, guys, it's New Year's. Give me a break. Like, enjoy the season. You know, can't you just get into the spirit of what's happening? Like, there's newness, there's freshness. Don't bowl me. But isn't that just so true? There's a change of date, but doesn't life just carry on? You know, life just carries on. 
But I still believe that there is a newness that God wants to do in our lives. I still believe that there's, that God is wanting to do something incredible and something fresh and something special in all of our lives in 2019. So after I dealt with my debit orders going off and like checking my heart and getting myself, you know, just realigned with, with Jesus, I got up and walked down the stairs and I've got this chair that overlooks my backyard. So I don't keep you all day. Uh, and I, I look out onto my, my, I go sit down, get a cup of tea, sit down on my, in my chair, it overlooks my backyard. And uh, I pull out a, I pull out my Bible and, and I'm about to start reading and just kind of try and kick the year off, just spending some time with God. And I've, I've, I didn't realize it, but I realized it in the moment that I'd, I'd kind of had a little routine. I'd always start the, the first of the year off with the first in the Bible, you know, like the, the very first portion of scripture where it says in the beginning, because isn't it a good idea to in the beginning start at in the beginning? Just makes sense. Or is it just me? Like that's how it felt for me. So every year I'd always start with in the beginning, God created, you know, and start then and, and work my way through. And this year, as I opened up the Bible, as I, as I opened up and wanted to start reading, I sensed that God said to me, I want you to start at a different in the beginning. I want you to start at a different in the beginning. And I was like, okay. So I went to the other in the beginning, which is John 1. And I go and I open it up. And here's what it said. Instead of in the beginning God created, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God and the Word was with God. And he carries on and he says, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has not been made, that has been made, sorry. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as I read that, folks, I'm just honest with you, some stuff just jumped off the page at me. Now, in, in all transparency, uh, we read it right now out of the, the NIV. But on the morning... I thought my different was reading it out of a different translation. And, and for the first time, I was going to read out of the message. So I read this out of the message. And there were just a couple of key phrases that, that really jumped off the, off the page at me. But before we get into that, I, I, I stopped and considered, man, I was going to go to Genesis, in the beginning God created. And, and, and here God takes me to, in the beginning was the Word. And I, as I sat there, I, I looked at it and I just realized, you know, Genesis tells the story of, of, of how God created the world and, and everything in it, including us. And then in the book of John, John comes and, and shows us how God came about to the creation of our salvation. 
And I just thought, wow, what an incredible place to actually start in the year. And as I looked at Genesis and as I looked at John, I, I thought to myself, though these two books start in a very similar way, they are very definitely different in their approach. And as I thought that, God quickened this, this in my heart. I just felt him say this, though this year as it starts is similar to previous years in its appearance, it requires a different approach. Looks the same as most years, but, but this year I feel like God is saying, I require a different approach. I want to do something new. And if, if we consider, I believe it was Albert Einstein who said the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing the same way over and over and over and expecting different results. And, and as I, 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 I was sitting in this seat with this, with this real excitement for newness and freshness and, and, and God just coming and doing something incredible, it struck me that, that I was about to go into a year doing life the same way and expecting different results. So, it got me thinking, so, so what does this different look like? Lord, what, what, do, you mean, what do you mean something different? What, what, what is this approach that you're talking about? And I want to connect back to what John said because I, I then read through it a couple of times. And like I say, just certain things jumped out at me. John said this. He said, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The tensing there, please don't get hung up on the tensing that he says, in him was life. It's not like he once had life and now there's no life. No, John is recalling a moment that happened in the past and that's why the tensing is past you can read that exact same scripture and everywhere that it says was you can just fill in the word is because that's the truth in him is life and that life is the light of men <clears throat> now the message bible said it this way the message translation said what came into existence was life and catch this and the life was the light to live by. I couldn't escape those words. I could not escape those words. The life was the light to live by. Thinking of what I said earlier, the life is the light to live by. We'll get into it. It, it, it goes on to say, the life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. So the two key phrases in this portion of Scripture that, that, that really arrested my heart, and, and I believe God's wanting to really uh, reiterate and reinforce in our lives this morning, is the phrase, the light was the, uh, the life was the light to live by. And the second one is, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As I read that last phrase, it's like, 
it's like John's drawing this contrast between light and darkness. Like there is something as darkness and there is something as light. And that ultimately there appears to be this, this, this wrestling match, this, this, this tug of war between light and darkness when it comes to our lives. Like, like there's this, there's this, um, how can I say a, a, a battle for the focus of our lives. Does that make sense? Like, let me not confuse you. And as I, as I thought through that, it, it was like God just started dealing with me with saying, you know, you can't hold on to the one and think you're going to have the other. Why? Because light and darkness, they can't coexist in the same place. Isn't that the truth? So here's what hit me as I was reading this. I realized that what, what, what he's really saying there, what John's really saying there, is that Jesus is the life that brings light to live by. Meaning, when my life is found in Christ, think about it. When my life is found in Christ and, and his life produces this light in mine, then all of a sudden there's a clarity that I've never had before. There's a clarity for vision. There's a clarity for direction. There's a clarity of purpose in my life. And, and there's this lightness that comes about. When I say lightness, I think the weather outside kind of speaks into it. Over the last couple of days here in Gauteng, we've, we've had some pretty, some pretty mean storms roll in. I don't know if any of you have watched them. But if you've watched some of them come, man, some of those clouds were scary. They were like big and black and they just looked heavy. They, as they'd roll into to town, they'd create like this eerie feel. That, that feel where all you want to do is shut your curtains, close your doors and windows, get a big blanket, find a movie or series to binge on with a big cup of hot chocolate and kind of say, call me when it's over. No? It's, it's heavy out there and I just want to escape that. But then after that storm, we see the storm, the, the sun come and, and like break through that storm and, and the light comes and, and pierces through those clouds and you see those beams of light streaming down onto earth. I always like look at that and just go, I don't call God dude, please, don't worry. But I'm like, God, you are just awesome. When I see that happen, I'm just like, man, isn't God just absolutely incredible? But as he's like, as that, the, the, the light of the sun just comes through those clouds and those clouds start to part and, and, and that sun just comes beaming through, there's like a crispness that happens in the air. There's this, there's this, it's like that, that haze is gone. That fogginess is gone. That heaviness is gone. And there's this lightness that's in the air. It kind of speaks into a good Gauteng summer. Isn't that the truth? And I believe that, that that's exactly what the light of Christ does in our lives. It doesn't just come and illuminate, meaning making things that we haven't been able to see before that we can now see them. But it also brings about a lightness, like this heaviness that we may have been carrying for a while is now gone. And, and there's this lightness about my life that when people speak to me, there's like an infectiousness about my life to theirs. If, if our guys can get ready for that light demo, 
That would be great. Thank you. And this morning, if, if I could just be really transparent with you. Over the past two years, I've, as I was sitting in that seat on the, on the first of, of the year, I realized that there's, there'd been a lot of darkness that had happened in my life over the past two years. A lot of stuff that had come my way, whether I'd asked for it or not, it had come my way. There was a lot of stuff that, that I was dealing with, and, and if I'm honest, my focus became that darkness. That darkness became my focus. And, and no matter how hard I tried, which I don't know how hard I tried. <laughs> you know, I'm being honest. Maybe you can be honest with yourself too. But I looked at that darkness and I just went, Lord, I now recognize that I've allowed the darkness of life <laughs> to become my focus in these moments. For you, it may be different. Maybe it's our current political state in this country and you're looking at it and the darkness of that seems to completely overwhelm you and that becomes your focus and that's all you latch onto. But I, I, I'd, I'd latched onto my own darkness. And it was like God was, was saying to me, my boy, I want you to let it go. I want you to let it go. As long as you focusing on this darkness, you're not allowing my light to shine in your life and as a result through your life. You see, because that darkness and me as light can't coexist in your life. You've got to choose one or the other. All right. I think that's, that's about as good as it's going to get. Can you kill the lights there for us? We've got two sets of lights still happening here. In all fairness to them, there are like 50 million lights back there, and they're just trying to fight the right ones. There we go. Good progress. It's like we're at a club. We just need a So you guys go to clubs, eh? I'm joking. I'm just kidding. All right. So as I'm walking here now, you'll probably be able to see some of me. may not be able to see the detail of me. I know that because I'm looking at you. And I can see shapes sitting in front of me. All the lights are off. And we can see a little bit, but it's pretty dark, isn't it? But the moment that I do this, all of a sudden, you can see me now, can't you? I can't see you, so I need some form of a yes or a no. Or a yes, okay, fantastic. And as I shine this light onto my face, what that does is, first, there was darkness. And you couldn't see much. Isn't that the truth? But what John says is that light breaks through the darkness. And the darkness cannot 
overcome it. So right now, the darkness that there may have been on my face and may have been around my, my, my body at this stage, it's been dispelled by the light. Isn't that the truth? Now, when, when we look and allow God to become the light of our lives, it's like he switches on a light. And now all of a sudden, I can see you. And the darkness that there was, there's no more darkness in that space. Why? Because the light broke through the darkness and the darkness could not overpower it. You can hit the lights for me. My question to us this morning, folks, how often, how often do we allow the darkness to overcome us? How often do we allow the darkness that the world throws at us, that the, the enemy of our soul sends our way? How, how often do we allow this darkness to just completely overpower us? Where we do the whole thing of going and getting in bed, pulling the covers over our heads. I can't deal with this. This is just too much for me. It's just too great for me. And here God is saying to us, my child, my child, if you will allow me, if you will allow me the light of life to shine in your life, I will get rid of all that darkness. I will do away with all that trouble. I will do away with all that junk that you've been hanging on to for so long. If only you'll let it go and allow me to be God in your life. And folks, that's a realization that I had to come to that morning sitting in that chair. Was Lord, I've been, I've been holding on to these things that have kept me captive. I've, I've given them authority in my life that was never their authority to have in the first place. The only one who deserves that authority, Lord, is you. And as long as I hold on to it, I'm not giving you your rightful place. So Lord, today I choose to let go of all the darkness that I've been holding on to. Lord, and I choose to hang on to you the life that brings the light that we can live by. In order for darkness to not overcome me, I must choose to let it go and grab hold of the light. And when I do this, this light brings life to my very being. But folks, it's a choice. It's a choice. So, as I've spoken through this, how do I, how, how do I, how do I live in His light? It's, it's all great, Ramon, fantastic. So I've got to let go of the darkness, allow God's light to, to shine in my life so it can shine through my life. How, how do I do this? How do I do this? John, after this, he, he, he speaks a bit into um, John the Baptist. And then from there, he, he starts engaging again in the life of Jesus. And John goes on to, to give the account of, of the first miracle that Jesus ever did. Some of you will know it, um, where it's at a wedding feast in Canaan. And Jesus and his disciples, they're invited to this wedding feast. And they go to this wedding feast. And uh, Jesus' mother is also there. 
And she comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, these people have run out of wine. You need to do something about it. And Jesus essentially looks at her and says, it's none of our business. Don't get involved. Just let it go. Now, this proves to me that Jesus had a very real upbringing. Because how many of you, I mean, essentially Jesus' mother is asking him to perform a miracle here, isn't she? How many of us grew up in homes where you felt like your parents expected you to perform miracles? Hey? Snap. Why? Because they're parents. I'm going to do the same to my kid. I know. It's life. I love you guys. love both my parents. It's no accusation against them. It's parents. And here Jesus' mother, she's like, she's like, you need to do something about it. And he's like, my time hasn't come. Let's not get involved. Let it go. Just let it be. And as a good Jewish mom, she ignores him completely marches straight to the uh to the servants of the banquet (laughs) and she goes and she tells them exactly what to do and i believe that what she tells the servants i believe when we apply what she told them we get breakthrough for our own lives I believe that breakthrough for your life and breakthrough for my life in this year to come lies in the simple, basic words that Mary said to the servants at the banquet that day. Now, I've I've got to say this. What she tells them, I believe, should bring such freedom And such clarity to us as believers. I believe that it should completely uncomplicate our walk with Jesus. Her words are simple, but her words are exceptionally powerful. Here's what she says. She she walks up to the servants and she essentially says this. Whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. That is her big talk to the, ser- to the servants of the banquet that day. And I believe that when we take a look at these words and take them to heart, they will transform our lives. You see, folks, it's that simple. It is absolutely that simple. So often we, we, try, we, we take our faith, we take our belief system, and we complicate it to the 10th end. And, and whenever I get into conversations like that, I actually got into a conversation like that on Thursday night. Alex and I were, were having a conversation. And, and when I left, I was like, dude, why do you complicate things so much? Not Alex, me. Why do you complicate things like that? Our faith isn't complicated. Our faith is this simple. Whatever he says, do it. When I look at what John said in the first chapter about living in the light, living in Jesus and this, this life that is light, that, that, that it's to be lived by, when we consider that and when we, when we consider that, that darkness has no hold over us when we live in the light of Christ, when we look at this idea of living in the light, 
I still believe that it begs this question of, of how, we, how do we do it. And I believe that how we do it is that whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. If it needs to be a, a, a little clearer, whatever he tells you to do, do it. It's not complicated. Here's the amazing part, folks. Before I say that, what are we talking about here? We're really talking about obedience, aren't we? See, because I've got a two-year-old, and when, when I say to him, Hey, Zai, uh, well, I can't really send him to fetch me stuff yet. He does, that doesn't compute yet. I'm looking forward to the day, though. I won't lie. But I look at him, and I, I go, My boy, don't do that. You know, don't, don't touch that. So I need you to not touch that. When has he done what I've told him to do? When he doesn't touch that, walks away and does something else. Isn't that the truth? But when he touches it, it's exactly what I've told him not to do. So one day when he does get older and I say, Hey, my boy, will you help dad quickly rake the lawn or whatever? And he heads out and he actually does it. When, when, when has he done what I've asked him to do? When he does it. I love, I think it was Francis Chan. He, he gave this rundown of, you know, he said, if, if I tell my daughter to go and clean her room, it's not in my notes, it just came to me and it's a really good story, so I'm going to tell it. Uh, but, but he says, if I, if I tell my daughter to go and clean her room and she comes back two hours later and she said, you know, Dad, I hear you. Clean my room, I hear you. <laughs> Profound. Blows my mind. Clean my room. <laughs> Mind-blowing. So I've gone and I've thought about it. And I've thought about it long. I've thought about it hard. And, and you know, I even went and I, I wrote that out in different languages and like studied it. No, I really, I took it to heart. In fact, it was so profound, I invited some friends over to come and study it with me. And we made notes and compared notes and, you know, even turned one or two of them into songs and sang them together. And, you know, and it was just, Whoa. what's the only question he has left? Did you do it? But yet we live in that space. We live in that space, folks. Where we will, we will sing songs and we'll make notes and we'll read in different translations and we'll this and we'll that. And at the end of the day, the only question is, what he told us to do, did we do it? Did we do it? You want breakthrough for your life, folks? Just do it. It's not just for Nike. It's for you and me as well. You want breakthrough in your life? Just do it. You want breakthrough in your, in your work situation? Well, what's God told you to do there? Do it. You want breakthrough in your family? Well, what's he told you to do there? Do it. And here's the incredible part that happens. We see in the story. So Jesus looks and, and he steps in and he tells the, the, the servants at the, at the wedding. He says, all right, you know, bring the jars, fill them up, scoop them, pour in, and they'll enjoy their wine. And he tells them what to do, and they do it. 
And what happens? They get to watch water be turned into wine. And right there in that moment, the, we, we know the kind of the, the big honcho of, of the whole Joel goes to the, to the bridegroom and says, hey, you know, normally, normally they bring out the good wine and then the bad wine at the end when, when guys have had too much and they don't know what's good and bad. Um, but you guys, you brought, out, you brought out the best stuff last. And, and, and what it says is that the, the, the guests had no idea what had happened. Let's be honest. They had no idea that that was first water. But who knew? Who was in on it? The servants. The servants at the banquet were in on it. And they saw what had happened. They saw the process. And because they did what he said, they got to experience his glory. They got to experience an incredible moment with Jesus. The contrast of that happens straight after this. Where John tells the story of of Jesus walking into the temple. Jesus walking into the temple and and him finding a a whole bunch of people there trading animals. And so pretty much animal traders and loan sharks sitting in the temple doing business. And Jesus is outraged. He's furious. He walks in. He he creates a whip. He starts swinging the whip around. He's throwing tables over. I mean, it, it must have been quite a spectacle. He just went nuts in the temple, absolutely angry with what was with what was happening. And the the Jewish leaders of the day they come to him and they start arguing with him. They say, "Hey, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to come and tell us what we can and can't do in this place?" And then they go on to say this. They, they go on to say, you know, if you are from God, if you are God's man, if you're the son of God, then, then prove it. Show us some miraculous sign that you are who you say you are. And as I, as I thought through that process, I just I realized because after that, Jesus leaves. He doesn't perform a sign. He doesn't try and prove who he is. Jesus pretty much takes his disciples and he leaves. And what I, what I realized in that moment is that, that here these men come along. They've got the Son of God standing in front of them. They've got the King of Kings right in front of them. And what do they do? They argue and debate with him. If you are. And, and what are they essentially doing? They're saying, they're saying, prove it, show us. Doesn't that sound like the world that we live in today? Doesn't that sound like the world that we so often buy into today? If this is real, show me, prove it. And what I realized is that as Jesus is is standing there with these men, that they had the Son of God with them, they had the King of Kings with them, but they missed Him completely. They missed Him completely. And I believe that this is what we can learn out of that, folks, is that when we choose to not humble ourselves, why? Because they were puffed up. Do you know who we are? We're the leaders of this jaw. They were puffed up. They, they weren't willing to humble themselves in the moment. When we aren't willing to humble ourselves, to not serve Jesus, to not do whatever he tells us to do, and just expect. Taking his glory and his goodness for granted. 
folks, we'll miss out on Him. We'll miss out on His fullness for our lives. But when we are willing to humble ourselves, and when we are willing to choose to serve Jesus, who experienced the breakthrough, who experienced the glory of God in that moment at the wedding feast? It was the servants. It was the people who worked alongside of Jesus in that process. It was the servants who got to experience his goodness. And when we are willing to humble ourselves and to choose to serve him and then do whatever he tells us to do, folks, that's when we start to live in the life that is light to live by. And when we live in this space, we get in on what he's doing. We get to be a part of what he's doing. He starts to use us with what he's doing. And all along, experiencing a life filled with incredible moments with Jesus and seeing his glory and his goodness come about, not just in our lives, but in the people around us. So, Alex, you want to come strum something for us? Thank you, sir. In this new year, where are you at? Where are you at? Was this year just going to look like every other year? Because we're pretty much going to go and sit down in our favorite chair and read the same thing that we read the year before and just kind of do the same things that we keep doing and somehow magically different results are going to happen. Or is this the year where we go, you know, Lord, I'm tired of being the guest at the wedding. Tired. I'm tired of being the guest at the wedding. Lord, I, I want to be the servant at the wedding. I want to be the one who gets in on what's happening. I, I want to be the, the guy or the lady who gets to, to, to be used by you to do incredible things for you, Lord, to experience you in new ways. Because I can tell you this much, the servants at that wedding had never experienced Jesus before. But that day, they got to experience an incredible, incredible moment with Jesus. And, and me, I know that this year, I want to experience Jesus. How about you? This year, what's more important? What's more important? My TV time? What's more important? The amount of money I make? What's more important? The amount of deals I do? The... the, the the amount of holidays I have, I don't know. What's more important? My, my prayer for you is that this year, the most important thing that comes about for you is being with Jesus. Saying, Lord, I'm, I'm done with being a guest. I want to be the servant. I want to get in on what you are doing. I want to experience those moments with you.
And Lord, I realize that it's gonna it's gonna take a shift of focus. It's gonna it's gonna take for me to to let go of of maybe things that are that I thought were important that today I realize they're not they're not important. They're actually not important. Lord, there may be some 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 dark areas of life that I've allowed to hang around and that I've held onto and that I've clung onto. And and Lord, today I realize that in order for you to come and be be the life that is light to live by, Lord, that I need to let go of all this other stuff and give you your rightful place in my life. Lord, today I choose to live in the light that brings life. Lord, and I choose that whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. I pray that you pray today. I pray that you pray today. Right now, what I'd love to do, what I'd love to do is just ask everyone. I'd like everyone to just stand to your feet because I, I just really have a sense to just pray over you for this year to come. As you're standing to your feet, there may be a thought that's running through your head. There may be a couple of thoughts running through your head. Are you just going, Lord, what Ramon just said there, Lord, that's what I want. Lord, I want you to be my priority in 2019. Lord, I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. Lord, I'm talking about a a change of life. Lord, I'm talking about a change of thinking. I'm talking about a change of acting. I'm talking about a change in living, Lord. Lord, where, where I completely surrender my life to you wholeheartedly inside out, Father. Lord, where... I don't want to be the guest. I want to be the servant. I want to get in on it, Lord. I want to experience you in all your fullness, Lord. I'm starting to understand why, why, why Jesus said when he came to earth that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for many, Lord. And, and as your word asked me to be more like Jesus, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. I want to partner with him. I want to get in on what you're doing this year, Lord. And I, I want you to use me then right there as i'm just praying over everyone for this year to come i pray that you just do business with god right there that you you connect with god in your own seat and just go lord i don't want to make a big show of this lord i want to make a commitment to you i want to make a commitment to you this morning i commit to make you my priority this year lord to fall madly and deeply in love with the king of kings and the lord of lords to throw my life completely surrendered and abandoned to you so father god as we've spoken through these things lord i I pray this morning lord that you come and set a fire in our hearts, Lord. 
Lord, that you come and do the work that only your Holy Spirit can come and do this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you that as, as your people are standing, Lord, Lord, I thank you that you know about each life standing here. You know about each family represented here. You know about each job situation, each company, Father God. Lord, I, I thank you that you know about each transport situation, Lord. I thank you that you know about each housing situation, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you know about the intricate details of our lives, Lord. The things that I'm absolutely oblivious to, Lord, you know. And Lord, I thank you that this year, as men and women come and, and just abandon themselves wholeheartedly to you, Lord. Father God, that you come, Lord, and that you work in miraculous ways in lives this year. Father God, that the glory of who you are will be seen through these lives standing in front of me, through these families standing in front of me, Lord. Father God, that the truth of who you are will be the thing that shines through, Lord. But Father God, that, 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 that as we surrender wholeheartedly, committed to you, Lord, Lord, that we'll start to experience a newness, a freshness, a fullness of who you are in our lives starting today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you that you are real, that you are here. Lord, that you care, that you love us, that you like us, and that you are absolutely madly smitten and in love with us, Lord. Lord, and that we can go into this year knowing that we are not man alone, that we are not on our own, but that we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords holding up our heads, holding up our arms, giving strength to our backs, giving clarity to our minds, Lord, giving light for the direction forward, Lord. Lord, and only you can be that for us. So right now we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. And if you agree this morning, would you just say amen? Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. This morning, if what I said rings true with you and you need to chat to someone, there's going to be a couple of us up front here. Please feel free to come and speak to us. I really do trust that you have a wonderful day, that you have a wonderful week ahead. Look forward to seeing you next week. Please don't forget, hang around, have some coffee, have something to drink. If you're a guest here, have a coffee on us. And uh, we love and appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you.